Hi, everyone. <laughs> Rachel starts the recorder so fast, I can't keep up with my I'm voice. So fast. She's so fast. Like Draper. Oh, that brings me to our topic. Foreshadow. So, thanks for listening to Axis Hockey MI. This is our podcast, and if you are new to us, thanks so much for joining. Tell all your friends. Make sure you watch our latest video. We also have a YouTube. It's Axis Hockey MI as well. Everything we do is under Axis Hockey MI. So We ever- validate our worth with human relationships based on our interaction on YouTube. <laughs> so. We yeah. love talking to you guys. You guys um, should comment. So basically what we like about this po- or doing this podcast is that we take every... Well, we can talk about pretty much whatever we want in the hockey world. So NHL, AHL, OHL, IIHF, whatever <laughs> we want to talk about. Um, and that's fun for us because we like more than just... We like to follow all hockey. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, so far, we've talked about the Devils. We've talked about the Edmonton Oilers. We've talked about Carolina Hurricanes. And we have not yet talked about our Detroit Red Wings. Mm. I say ours because mm. they're we our are, favorite. We are devoted. We bleed red, and that is both very <laughs> <Literally>. true. So <laughs> that knees and blue crap. Yeah, <laughs> something wrong. Yeah, don't bleed blue. blue. Yeah, that's, that's not right. But, um... So we were kind of thinking about the popular lines mm. of hockey, and you will know what we're talking about if, that time. if I say something like Legion of Doom, or the Russian Five, or the Crash Line, mm. things like that. So today we're talking about, actually, the Grind Line, which was comprised, <laughs> which was um, Inception that really kind of took forces in 1997 when they won the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1955. Do you have anything to interject? Do you look like you want to interject? Oh no, no, you're doing oh. you're doing fantastic. Great. So they won so in nineteen ninety seven. They actually swept the Philadelphia Flyers, who at the time had the Legion of Doom. So that was huge because Eric freaking Lindros. Yeah, that was big because Philly was big and they're known. <laughs> it was big because they were literally big. <laughs> they're known for their grit, and I think that the Red Wings of the nineties, at least when they started winning cups could match the grit, mm. and if not, they surpassed. At least be irritating enough where the grit didn't matter for most. Well, they teams. surpassed it. They yeah. they determined the energy of every game, and they... They controlled t- it. Yes, they tired Absolutely out. Absolutely controlled it. They tired out the Philadelphia Flyers to win. Of course, going into it, though, was also Scotty Bowman, who is the winningest coach, I believe still. Probably. I, I believe so. Let me uh, let me gouge it. And in hockey, we make up words like winningest. He's yes. the winningest coach. Is that made up? Maybe you should Google that, too, because Google knows all. Yeah, it's true. Um, um, but anyway, Scotty Bowman came out of the Red Wings in the 93-94 season, and he worked from that time. Bowman is still up top with 1,244 wins. Nice. Yeah, so he started working <laughs> on acquiring players to start getting the Red Wings back to their winning ways in the 50s. Um, before the era of the Dead Wings, I don't like to say that. but Stop that's, swearing. That's what it was. Um, so in that, of course, he acquired the Russian Five. And if you haven't seen that movie, go watch that movie. So a part of that was Larionov, Fatistov, Konstantinov, Fedorov, and Kozlov. Of, 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 of. Whatever, of. <laughs> and at the same time they won the Cup, he was actually GM as well. GM and coach. Nice. Scotty Bowman. Can you imagine both those jobs? Well, he needed to do both of them to get it done right. Yeah. And, and he, he got, it, he done got right. it done. And it did take some time. So yeah. that's also something to know. It took from 93, 94 
all the way to 97 for us to get yeah, it. Yeah, and that's moving a bunch of pieces and finding these people. And we're mm-hmm. going to go into more about like where he found these guys mm-hmm. to create that kind of line. But same with the Russian Five. It was the same deal. And I think with, I, I don't know a ton about the uh, Legion of Doom. All I remember is hating the look on Lindros's face every time he hit the ice. Well, it was comprised of Eric Lindros, John Clare, and Michael Renberg. That's I, I remember Lindros. They're big. They were yeah. big. They were, need I say, goons. They were goons. <laughs> they were for sure goons. Chippy and all that that implies. Cheap. Che- yeah. It's just sorry, they, Philly fans. Yeah. So basically, in order to compete with the style of, I believe, hockey largely at that time, mm-hmm. the grind line was comprised. And in the grind line was Chris Draper, Joey Koser, Darren McCarty, and Kirk Maltby. Mm-hmm. So let's talk first about <laughs> Chris Draper. Best dollar we ever spent. Ha, she's been waiting to say I that. I have been. Literally, though, we got him for a dollar. We traded him we got for him from one Winnipeg. Yeah. dollar. Seriously, it's like that's a it's really, not even a joke, guys. Like it's a dollar. Chris Draper. You can't even get a soda. Still for a part dollar. of the Red Wings organization, yeah. doing amazing things mm-hmm. for our organization. Mm-hmm. And we got him for a dollar. I mean, paid him a lot more than that, but yeah, got him for a dollar. That's that's cheap, man. If you can get a player like that for a buck, and it's super cool to me. I'm kind of a sap like this, where we were his only team once oh, he came yeah. to the NHL. Yeah. We were his only yeah. team. I don't know how many teams in. In the NHL, have players that are like franchise players, where they begin and end with the same team. Yeah, like through their whole career, not leave and come back, but mm-hmm. that's just where they stay for the mm-hmm. whole career. He does. He's got four Stanleys to his name, all with Detroit. And to me, he was he was the qu- he was quick. He was oh, a playmaker. Man. Super great hockey sense. He was always working his butt off. Oh, yeah. Nice. And you could tell. Yeah, he was a horse. Always trying to get. Well, him and Maltz too. Maltby Maltby was, I think. A smaller version of Franzen as far as the mule kind of thing goes, because mm-hmm. Maltby was irritating. Yeah, and he, he was, was. An instigator. He was annoying. I'd, I would have hated to play against him. Yeah, we actually got but him from Edmonton, which was news to me in ninety five, ninety six. Worth it. Yeah, we got him. Definitely and he was drafted worth it. by Edmonton, and he was a good penalty killer for us yeah. too. Well, and he, he, him, and Drapes along the boards and everything—they they were good along the boards and just kind of getting in there, not being afraid to literally go head first into those battles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was reading an interview from from McCarty, and everyone knows who Derek McCarty is, and you know he's he's kind of a not pretty skater. He's not a pretty a player at all. He's messy and. He was described as anxious and erratic. Which, which one are you talking about? Mac. But whenever whenever Drapes and Maltby were up against the boards, you'd just see Mac plowing into there, too. They'd all just go head first into it. So if Maltby and Draper were getting their faces smashed trying to get the puck, the others would just come right well, along. And hockey's all about possession, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like what... Um, tipping a little bit in what the Russian Five was based on, it's... You always hear, well, why would you give up the puck when you just got it? Like, you work the whole game, and all your your goal is to get the puck into the net, and you have to have possession. So the Russians never understood why we would dump it after getting it. It you still know, doesn't work, make sense. You, I know. It, you I still so get hard. furious. You work so hard for it, and I think at that point, it's kind of like, okay, well, we need a line change and dump. Yeah, you know? by the time you get it, they're exhausted, and Yeah, got but to. another guy on the line, so we're going to go kind of in order... Joey Koser is probably one of my favorites, just because... Proof that beer leagues aren't He that was bad. an unassuming player to come in, and we actually, he actually played part of the season we got him. 
with, um, actually, well, we drafted him in 83, and he played for us for a while, and then he played with New York, and then he went to the San Antonio Dragons in the IHL, mm-hmm. and then he came back the to The IHL us. was before the AHL, so that's what the AHL was before its inception into what is now the AHL. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fun fact. Well, he's got three Stanley Cups. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the most penalized player in 85 and 86, which is oh. quite interesting. Because when you watch him, when, of course, they won this cup, he didn't, to me, he didn't, he didn't look like one of those players that was most penalized. Like the goons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't seem like it. They no. took, I feel like, though, he was part of the team taking, or part of the line the grind line, and maybe it's because I'm a biased Red Wings fan. <laughs> they weren't goons; they were gritty. And I know they're. I feel like it doesn't make <laughs> too much of a difference. I feel like any team that has a line like that—that's how they describe it. Yes. It's like describing someone with a drinking problem by not saying that they have a drinking problem. They just yeah, like to drink so. every now and then a lot. Yeah, maybe. But they don't have a problem. Yeah, but uh, that was. And he's got, um, like I said, three Stanley Cups. And actually, he ended his career with 2,519 penalty minutes in 820 NHL games. That's a lot. That's, that's like a, lot a of penalty that's like a thirty percent. That's that's, that's penalty, penalty, penalty box. You're like, I wonder if you know do the, the punch cards for the penalty box. You know, where he's just hamming it up with the guy, the attendant in there. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> Back again. Yeah. But of course, him and that's the thing about this line is that they all played such a pivotal role when they mm-hmm. were on the mm-hmm. ice. And at separate times. And then, of course, Rachel earlier mentioned Darren McCarty, who is, I mean, this whole line is my favorite, honestly. All these guys are, like, the epitome of my favorite. (laughs) Then it it just is great. Who's your favorite? All. All of these. All All of the above. But Darren McCarty, we actually drafted him in the 92 draft, and Detroit drafted him. He had a brief stint with Calgary in 05-06, so he wasn't like a... He wasn't a lifer. He wasn't a, a lifer with the Red Wings. Um, and he also had some time there where he actually didn't play for a season. He was mm-hmm. kind of going through a rough patch. He ended he up... worked his way back. He worked his way back. Yeah. He played for the Griffins, actually. He got to the Red Wings again. He ended up retiring mm-hmm. out of the Griffins. Well, and reaching out to... And a lot of that had to do coming back to the grind line. He reached out to Draper. Yeah, Draper. Just these... The friendships and the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the teammates and the companionship that you get... But mm-hmm. Darren McCarty, like Rachel was saying earlier, was not the smoothest skater. No. And I think that... He reminds me of Tyler Bertuzzi. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, who also, he was a, so he's a, he was a growing up as a Griffins player, yeah. who is now a Red Wing. He worked himself up to mm-hmm. that, so congrats to him. just kind of the edgy, not, not fluid, but yeah. he could do stuff. McCarty, though, and this is what, <laughs> this is something I love. He was credited with the series-winning goal because he scored the goal to get them up two goals to nothing yeah. in the last game of that playoff. And, again, the most unassuming player, mm-hmm. deking and getting it past and just how he celebrated, too, kind of speaks to his skating. Yeah. He's just jumping around. He's throwing himself He's literally glass. doing pirouettes. And, I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine the feeling... Of that, like, no, we're gonna win this. All of them felt it, you yeah. too, like the whole team. You could tell too, and I think that's with with the Grindland and at the time too, the Russian Five, the chemistry that they had. They knew when they hit the ice. The whole team knew when they hit the ice, this stuff was gonna happen. Yeah, the fact that they were fourth liners doing that much for the team. Mm-hmm. Bowman had 
it was it was just an ace in his back pocket. Really, he could throw out his fourth line, and know they were going to just drive in I there. I just I just feel like whenever they were, but they the were all skilled too. They weren't just goons. They yeah, didn't just they throw were. Punches. They would, and I think this is huge in hockey to determine the energy mm-hmm. to lead the game by your play. You control now, the momentum exactly. Yeah. And if the momentum shifted, and you hear that all the time, like they just need a goal to shift the momentum, you know. And yeah. I think that whenever the grind line was on the ice. They were all about the momentum. Mm-hmm. It was always on their side. They were always, always high energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's hard to play against, it especially is. against, at the time, a depleted team down three games to nothing in the yeah. finals. Yeah, they were already They were kind of like kicking a dead horse at that point. Yeah. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> I mean, they didn't. Yeah, they, were, they were holding on. In Philly, they had times in that game, this is kind of off topic, but they had times in that game where they, you know, showed some spark, but yeah. we took it right back. The last home. two minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the grind line... I think Bowman, too, he had pointed out that it wasn't just that they were these gritty ragamuffin, kind of almost pirate-like hockey players where mm-hmm. they just they just played their nasty way, um, but they also had the skill level. Maltby didn't put up a ton of points, but he could make plays. He could mm-hmm. make things happen. Oh, Draper that's huge, was, He was stupid fast. Mm-hmm. And between Koser and McCarty, who could... I mean, McCarty put up an impressive amount of points. He had a really good rookie season with us, and... In just coming into it and playing with that kind of energy and being able to actually produce, not just throw punches, I think that's what's missing a lot. I think, but I think more is that they they just didn't stand down. No, is the thing that's what made them so great. They would do the wearing down. They would yeah, they exactly, and that's yeah. huge. That's another momentum yeah. thing. If your lines getting worn down, that's a big. Deal. I was reading that a lot of people think that you know lines like that are kind of a thing of the past. Where oh yeah, there was there was goons and buffoons, and that there's no place Isn't in that, that interesting and anymore. I I think to an extent I understand because no, I don't want to see a bunch of fights, and I don't like fights. Right. But there's a place for an avalanche versus Red Wings brawl. That, let's not get into that because that's going to be a whole other podcast. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a lot. Yeah. But I think it's more, I think it turns into gooning when it's. That's all they do. What That and it's not, I don't want to say merited, but if you're getting pummeled or something like that, yeah, yeah you should probably defend yourself. Yeah. That's something. But I don't like the whole, like, let's drop gloves and fight kind of thing. Right. The planned fights, I think, are really corny. I don't like that. Yeah. But I think with, I mean, there's been a bunch of players who have stepped up and said, no, like, there's a place for players like that, like enforcers. Like, the grind line was a line of enforcers. So, and then there's, there's always a place for that. The guys that have the grit to have your back and allow the skilled players to do what they've got to do but in this case they were the skilled players too yeah, which I think skilled. is very rare to find now because I think a lot of players will shove themselves into this like well I'm a super offensive forward and that's just kind of where it stops mm-hmm. instead of you know sometimes you're going to have to drop the gloves and, and you know. I guess I can't think either of a comparable line nowadays because no. you're right the the naming of the lines does seem like a thing of the past because yeah. I haven't heard of a line Maybe since. it just takes time because Scotty was kind of inspired by the production line. With and the crash line. And the crash line. So And there was a several years gap in there, so maybe it just takes someone going, okay, Except well. Except then it takes finding five guys, or in this case, you know, there were four and they were swapping, you know, but mm-hmm. they were all the grind line, but... Um, it takes finding players that mesh that well. Yeah. Like, how often do you find five players that actually can mesh? Yeah. Seemingly that well. super random pickups too. Yeah. Just how that all came together. But 
you know Bowman was watching all of them. Mm-hmm. And to the fact that they even tracked Koser down in the senior beer league, they didn't lose track of them. So, I mean, I wonder what the reaction would be nowadays if they kind of replicated that and were like, you know what, we're going to go to... We're gonna go to some senior leagues and see if we they can find wouldn't some though. There's, no. It's too deep it's of too a pool. Now. There's t- it's too deep of a pool in yeah. prospects and talent. Yeah, there's just it just. Doesn't. I do wonder though if that's why a lot of teams don't succeed though because there's so much transition of these really high level skilled players that they're not given enough time to actually become a unit mm-hmm. that can actually produce all together. Yeah, no, and you know you put them on the ice, you know they're going to do something. There's certain players that you put them out there, you're like, yeah, they're going to score. Mm-hmm. What about the other guys? Mm-hmm. Well, what are they doing? I'm just trying to find where those pieces fit, and I think that the grind line obviously did that. <laughs> yeah, or at least where they know they're not going to get messed with. Right. You know, they're going to be out there, and they're going to not back down, mm-hmm. which coming back to the point of the grind line I think was – a huge asset to us in that mm-hmm. championship that we took. And, of yeah. course, that, like I said, that was their first cup since the 50s, 55. Yep. Well, so they, they stood up. They would give their life for their teammates. Yeah. And I do, I don't know, it just makes me wonder if a lot of players have become, maybe, you know, they're a team, but maybe there's just a little bit too much self in there. Could be. Not enough about the team. Like, okay, would you really jump in front of that puck with your face? <laughs> for I your mean, team? that's amazing. There's some players, yeah. I think, just do that anyway. <laughs> just it's, yeah. it's instinct, but... Yeah, they, they were a different breed. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. So that is the grind line, basically. And if you haven't heard of the grind line, I would encourage you to look them up and watch some games of them. They were There's tons of the interviews chippiest. and everything. There's, but in my opinion, not a goon chip. You that can makes get sense. the coolest grind line t-shirts. Go to oh themittenstate.com. We are not sponsored. Just want to put that out there. It's just a great shirt. And get a grind line shirt. Got caricatures of all the guys on there. I have one. It's awesome. amazing. Yeah. So, but they're they're a, they're an admirable line, and definitely some some unsung heroes. Now that there's been so many years going by, but Red Wings fans. Yeah. Let us know um, if you can comment about a line nowadays Ooh. that you would think would match, not match the grind line, but that would be. A line that was named, like kind a of legendary like, line. Yeah, something yeah. nowadays. I would if I if you could bring my attention to it, that'd be great. Because of I course, can't, I can't think of any. Me like, either. I can think but of individual players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, if you can think of one, that would be great. If you follow a team that you think got one, I'd love to look into it a little bit too. So. Yeah. Yeah, but this has been the grind line. And <laughs> actually, actually, there is. Um, Darren McCarty has a podcast. It's. The Grindline Podcast, I believe is what it's called. He's a fun one to listen to if you don't mind expletives. Yeah, so he... I find him on Instagram or on a podcast site. I don't listen to it, but I do know it exists. He also wrote a book about it and the experiences and, well, and his personal experience from kind of his falling out to then working back in with yeah. drapes, which is a really, really cool story, yeah. I think. Yeah, so just... Do some research, and even if you don't like the Red Wings, this kind of stuff is fun to do. We're going to yeah. do more lines, so we might talk about your favorites line. Um, but I'm sorry thanks. if your favorite was the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yes, thanks anyway. Uh, thanks for listening, and again, share this if you can, and comment and like it and subscribe, and we appreciate your ears. <laughs> I love your ears so much. <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. Talk to you next time. Yeah, we're just talking. We're talking. You can't see us. <laughs>